I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You found Atomic Android Radio. Hello and welcome to In-Universe, where we talk the ins and outs in all our favorite fictional universes. My name's Andrew. I'm Adam. And today we're talking about Star Wars, where a kid can be a guy. Yeah, okay. (laughs) That should not be the opening, but whatever. We're also going to do The Mandalorian. Yeah, oh yeah, we're doing Star Wars Mandalorian Season 1. We, we were going to do other stuff, but um, Mandalorian's pretty cool, and we could talk about it twice. Yeah, it, it, we can. Um, and it helps, because I've only seen the first season. So. Oh, yeah, that too. That was I think that was a reason we picked just season one of Mandalorian, but it's fine. Uh, Anyways. Yeah, let's talk. Let's get into it. Um, personally... What? Yeah, what's your uh, little relationship with uh, Star Wars, and how did you like the show, season one of the show? Uh, I'm not much of a Star Wars head. Uh, I, I dabble here and there. Uh, I like some parts of Star Wars, and some parts are pretty goofy. Uh, but you like being called jizz heads? Do you now? <laughs> That's unfortunate. Well, you see, jizz- uh, no, I I, I understand. <laughs> um. But I did like The Mandalorian. I thought it was shot super well. I think John Favreau does a great job. And uh, a lot of the like guest directors do great jobs as well. I think overall the mm-hmm. show looks immaculate. It looks great. Oh, yeah. The show looks awesome. Not only does it look awesome for Star Wars, but just as a TV show on its own. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, and I like the technique they used of like, essentially a big screen behind them to do vistas and stuff mm-hmm. i think that's super cool and um real similar to like how they used to do before green screens and mm-hmm. stuff they just had a big screen behind people and it feels less like uh i don't know because you could do green screen pretty well but it, it feels less like they are standing just yeah. in front of a big screen um it feels less like you get this in a lot of movies a lot of marvel movies and uh dc movies um where they're kind of like just standing in a whole big green room mm-hmm. and everything in the scene, including a lot of the costumes are CG. 
and it just sort of i don't know to me pulls me out of the movie sometimes oh yeah no so, uh, a lot of times it'd be like mm, so they're they're just uh standing in nothing talking to no one yeah they're talking to a tennis ball on like a pole that's that's one thing about in movies if there's a cgi character and i take a second to be like what are they talking to right now i'll sit there and notice it for the whole movie yeah try to figure out I'll, like where their eyes yes, are at i'll, I'll watch where their eyes are to see where they're looking so it's like oh so they're they're looking at like a tennis ball up here where mm-hmm. the character's eyes are supposed to be that's clever but uh, I think for the most part, The Mandalorian does a good job of not having too much of that. Oh, they yeah. They do a good and job of making things feel practical. Practical, yeah. too. And it's so good. It, practical effects are one thing that really help to get the, uh, what are, the essence. Yeah, they build of a Star lot of the, Wars. The, the atmosphere, especially of like the original mm-hmm. trilogy, how it, a lot of it is practical because it had to be. Yeah, because if you, it's a bit different now because people have kind of accepted it a lot more and everything. But growing up, uh, the prequel trilogy, uh, it was cool and everything. And uh, my family was one who really liked it, even though I thought like the first two ones were boring, but I did kind of like Revenge of the Sith. But a lot of it didn't feel like the same movies because that's when they moved from like a bunch of, backyard practical oh let's just take what we have and put it together to big budget let's make everything green screen yeah i I get that but that that has nothing if you like the prequel i do like the prequels except for maybe episode one which other than the darth maul bits at the end and like qui-gon qui-gon jinn and obi-wan uh it's just a real Boar fest to me like oh uh, isn't that the one where they have pod racing yes the pod racing scene is it's 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 fine okay it's 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 cool <laughs> it's, it, it gave some cool like ideas for games and shit no like this i i don't racing. i don't give a shit about now this is podcasting oh my god no but i i don't watching the pod race scene it's like oh yeah whatever but playing the pod race level in lego star wars the complete saga you feel like such a fucking badass pulling turns (laughs) and shit yeah you feel like such a badass playing lego star wars yeah no lego star wars rules i don't give a shit fucking patronize me all you want that's a good ass game and i'll die (laughs) on that hill Look, I won't, I won't go up that hill. I'll, I'll leave you be. Um, but yeah, back to Mandalorian. I think, um, yeah, I think just a lot of like really good filmmaking is on display. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you're saying, the the effects feel practical when they need to be, uh, but they're not afraid to like do things that are a lot bigger and maybe oh, harder yeah. to do. Like, um, forget what it's called, but it's like the woolly rhinoceros thing that he has uh, to get the egg from. Yeah, the mud horn. Sure. I think uh, it's called the mud horn. That is definitely CGI, but it, it's yeah. it's not it's blended in well. It's composited pretty well. And one thing about that deal in particular, setting it in like a muddy like little pit really gives the thing a sense of weight to yeah, it. Yeah, and uh, a bit of texture, especially mm-hmm. with the hair that it has, which I think is important on a CGI guy. Oh yeah, you, I think a you, lot of CGI stuff can feel pretty rubbery. Yeah, and you you want it to feel like 
you want your brain to register what that feels like instead of watching the CGI thing and being like, I kind of feel like my hand would either pass right through this thing or kind of like push yeah. off it. Uh, when I see CGI, at least a lot of the times, uh, it feels a lot like a like a rubber beach ball or something. Mm-hmm. Really light, like you could toss it up in the air and then like latexy. Yeah. Which isn't necessarily, I mean, not something I, I, I think is great. Yeah, it, it, it hurts the realism of it. Yeah. The immersion. Uh, but I think for the most part, uh, it just kind of fires on all cylinders. A lot of the even like bit part actors do a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's, I can't really think of a bad role. Oh, Cara Dune's not great. Yeah, she's fine. A bunch of, I know there's that whole like drama and everything. Yeah, because she's kind of a shitty person uh but uh her her character's fine like it's not, I, I didn't like even before all of that i she just was kind of um one note there wasn't a lot to her yeah i really did like even when the drama and stuff came out i was like yeah i don't really care all that much because like it there was it felt like there was no point for her to be in season yeah two. she's she a nothing kind of character there because she was there um and I don't think she's a very good actress. I don't think she does a very good job with the scenes she's given to like sort of like there's the scene towards the end of the first season where uh, he has to take his helmet off and he's injured and she needs to like really emote for the scene. And she just doesn't really pull it through for me. She's uh, yeah. she's not super that, believable in it. That scene uh, in particular when he takes the helmet off. Uh, it's supposed to be this big moment and everything. It's supposed to be emotional. <laughs> Just when I was watching that scene, I'm like, hmm, forgot it was Pedro Pascal. <laughs> like, it's just a hot, sweaty Pedro Pascal yeah. under there. <laughs> no, um, I don't remember it precisely, but uh, Pedro Pascal has a, a pretty prominent mustache. Yeah. Did he have it during that? I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I thought I remembered that. He's not allowed to take off the helmet. How did he shave it to a mustache? Oh, uh, he's allowed to take off the helmet alone. Okay. He can't take off the helmet around people. But like he can take a shower and stuff. Yeah, he could take a shower, take it off to sleep. If he do people in Star Wars take showers? Um, I think so. No, yes, they do. In Lego Star Wars, the complete okay. saga, there is uh, a little uh, What's the- storm canonicity of, of those games 100 percent complete canon if there's a stormtrooper gym room you could go in where a bunch of stormtroopers are taking a hot like chilling out in a hot tub and everything and in the locker room i'm almost certain there's showers you could turn on with the forks yeah no that does sound familiar i remember you're able to turn them on and instead of water they spray out the studs that you collect you kind of yeah. just run around collecting those for a while. Yeah. So if that's taken as canon, which I don't think showers. it should be, but there fair is enough. showers and stuff. At least for they the storm shoot you with money. No, but um, I'm I'm pretty sure there is Star Wars showers in Star Wars. Um, I can't remember specifically. But I listen to a lot of Star Wars, but well, I'll get into waves while I listen to a lot of Star Wars books, and um, one of them I think uh. Uh, has this guy who was like stormtrooper turned rebel type deal. Uh, and he, I, I think there's a shower scene with him and the girl he likes, which 
side note that's not mandalorian star Wars. i think the one i'm thinking of i I might be totally wrong about the scene and be mixing it up but the book i think i'm thinking of is star wars lost stars and that is a really good book outside of being star wars it's just a really good like uh romeo and juliet-esque love story like yeah that's fair two forbidden people coming who on opposite sides yeah, of the star war cross lovers and to, stuff. yeah star wars lovers yeah star wars cross lovers <laughs> uh but if you like star wars and you want to like reading or into the expanded uh universe uh that's a good jumping off point uh but anyway but back mandalorian. to mandalorian um we were doing so well with staying on topic for the last couple episodes yeah i like star wars i i know i did say we should focus on it but i it's very easily like we should have a more focused episode but i could very easily skew <laughs> off topic about oh yeah here's this cool thing i like which look who cares yeah, um no so uh i'm not huge like i said before on star wars or star wars lore but he uses in his suit that he gets early on in the first season what kind of metal is that it's like bastar star yeah. iron is that the same just a different name to what i do believe was called mandalorian iron before uh yeah i think that's supposed to be the same deal there's a couple similar metals like i think one's called frack alloy mm-hmm. or um there's another one but there's a couple similar uh metals that are pretty lightsaber resistant some are just like full why impervious. don't the leaders of the empire have armors like why doesn't yeah they use it for catch I, that's what i was trying to understand because i was they, then they had it they had why didn't uh, they use it yeah to... they have a bunch of it that they use for cash that they stamp with the imperial symbol i'm like okay take like about four of these and give each fucking well it's stormtroopers aren't gonna not stormtroopers <laughs> but like like give, give like, palpatine could wear a little suit yeah give like an imperial soldier or whatever at least bracers yeah, that but they like, could block a lightsaber. Like with. if like Darth Vader's already wearing head to toe like suit yeah, and armor. Put him fucking straight up in Beskar and he's he's a tank. He's unstoppable. Yeah. Well, I guess you could do the same thing that most people do with him is, is fuck up his breathing. Why is that just buttons out in the open? Ooh, uh, get a I, get a box. Get a get something. <laughs> yeah, get get a cover at least with a key. Yeah, that you like click open and open up. Or, like, have it on your back or something. I don't know what any of the buttons do. I've always wanted to run up to him and start <laughs> flicking switches and You never shit. see anybody, like, like you yeah. never see him have to, like, adjust it or anything. It's mostly just, like, LED lights and shit <laughs> that blink and whatnot. <laughs> That's all it does in-universe, yeah. Yeah, It's just blinks. LEDs. Um, no, I don't know. I just think it's super weird that, like, they have plenty of this metal that can stop lightsabers or like blasters at least and they just don't really do anything with it yeah i don't know if i don't know how much of it they actually have but they have a. they have enough for a suit they have enough to do shit with they have enough for at least one mandalorian suit yeah and i doubt that it's like all of it yeah all of it but like i don't know if they have like tons of this stuff yeah but they have enough for like somewhere i don't know i think that's a cool idea like i get giving it to him because it's a problem a lot of main like just in general 
like media has where you want your badass protagonist to like be badass but in a world with guns and stuff uh either he's just super lucky Mm -hmm. uh, or you pull an a team and nobody knows how to aim or uh or you give him also star wars yeah star wars is the stormtroopers can't hit shit which is one of my favorite it's goofy but it's one of my favorite it's a funny it's a funny guy it's such a fun little bit but um yeah i just don't understand why like there's not more done with like because he's essentially immune to to most forms of attack by people yeah because everybody's using blasters right and And, uh, it sort of takes away some of the the worry in the show like uh i forget what episode in particular but he has something close to like a a standoff or something where he's got to shoot like a high noon standoff i think uh I'm I'm not sure what part you're talking about. It might be in season two. I've only seen the clip. I have I don't recognize it for the most part. Mm-hmm. But he has like a high noon standoff kind of deal where he's got to shoot the other person. They're gonna shoot at him. But like he's blaster proof. Who cares? Um, the only time I could think of something like that is in the first episode when the guys come in and he's like they're like at the door and he does a quick draw thing and shoots them. And at that time, he's only got the helm. No, I'm not talking about that time. Uh, yeah, that's the only time I could think of like a standoff type deal. There's like standoffs. Like there's a bit where that um, there's like all the stormtroopers outside of that bar. I think they're in, and then they got like huge Gatling guns and shit. Does that tear shit up and everything? But um, I might just be misremembering. But I don't remember any like one b one v one cowboy duel which speaking of cowboy duels i do really like that this whole show is like built like a western well it, it is at star wars it is at first it kind of loses that later on i don't know it, it dips back into it every now and then mostly whenever it's on tatooine but um it, i think it's got that pretty early on uh in the first couple episodes mm. and then like towards the end of uh season one and then in season two uh it's got a couple episodes that dip into that but that also has an episode um i probably should save it but that one actually has an episode that's more samurai than uh western to be fair the two share yeah the two are very similar but yeah it is so it like works well into the show yeah using the western dna like uh the magnificent seven is just seven samurai but western instead of samurai mm-hmm. yeah no they're a very they're cut from the same cloth uh but which is why it works in this show and i think it's really cool yeah i think i wish they would have done a little bit more with it i think as mm-hmm. especially as soon as uh uh what is he uh grogu baby yoda yeah. as soon as he sort of joins the picture that sort of loses a little bit of focus and it feels a, a, a lot less lone Western kind of deal and a little more like I get it. It is more Star Wars and you kind of want that in your Star Wars media. Mm-hmm. But personally, I think the balance should have leaned a little bit more towards Western. Yeah. No, As somebody who loves fair. Westerns. Um yeah, no, on the other side of it, as someone who loves Star Wars, I think it was fine. I, I think I prefer Star Wars with a bit of Western flavor in it 
than Western with a bit of Star Wars flavor in it. Yeah, and that's just personal preference. Yeah. Um, although I did really like with Grogu in it, I really like that whole they do a similar thing in like old man Logan and uh shit like that is like or even in uh Dark Tower is like this cool cowboy badass father figure taking care of this kid and it's kind of just them like their adventures together and everything yeah a trope i'm pretty into yeah i like that trope. i I, I like that i I like it it in this show i think it works better uh but i think it works better when the kid's a little bit older yeah that's fair because um groger is pretty young and he just kind of doesn't really do much of anything besides sort of be a deus ex machina when the plot needs him mm-hmm. i do really like grogu i i think for one he's really cute and everything and it's entertaining to just watch him be a little kid but uh yeah if if yeah i think the trope does work better if it's like a, say like a eight to twelve year old kid yeah I don't know. I found when watching it, and this is probably just a me thing, but uh, he was a little too consciously cute, if that makes sense. It felt a lot like like somebody trying to tell me a thing is cute as opposed to it just actually being cute. Yeah, I, I could see what you're saying. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, I did think he was cute. So, like, but I do understand what you're sane but also i think it might just be like another personal thing because i think most people fucking love this yeah this little fucking green fuck blew the fuck up on the internet everybody's got a baby yoda fucking backpack and lunchbox and karate chop action figure well no that i would like i wish he did karate i thought uh and did they ever explain um I assume they go into this in the second season, but he he's just the same species as Yoda, who yeah. just also happens to have the Force. Yeah, um, there's a couple of hints that that because that species isn't really delved into in Star Wars. It was specifically left vague to make Yoda more of a mysterious like figure and entity in within Star Wars. Uh, there's a couple of hints that. Uh, this species particularly is just pretty strong when it comes to the force. Um, but yeah, they haven't confirmed like what he like, they haven't confirmed if he's like a clone of Yoda or uh, maybe him and Yaddle's son, which <laughs> I hope not. That's fucking that's real gross to think about, um, or not connected at all. Uh, but yeah what was your question uh just what he was i think personally i think it's it's, he should either be not connected at all just another part of that species i guess or i think clone isn't the worst idea because i think cloning in particular is a a a a topic and uh technology in the star wars universe it doesn't necessarily get much thought put into it it's sort of like an easy way to get disposable new yeah. zealand guys um disposable, disposable d bradley baker yeah uh which is fine like um i, I think it works well for what it is used for 
but I think it's definitely something that could have a little bit more thought put into it. Oh yeah. No, it's just sort of begging to have a, a like a writer really delve into it. Uh, yeah, one thing that kind of looks into a bit more, not like a deep dive into it, but kind of looks into it a good bit. And I liked what they did with it was uh, the game Forced Unleashed, particularly mm-hmm. Forced Unleashed 2, because it dealt with a lot of the, am I really him? Or is this a totally different guy? If we share the same memories or whatever, what does that mean? and um why do they share the same do they don't um, share the same memories typically uh i think the i think it's something you could choose to do okay um i don't i don't remember if they ever specifically explained how because uh i know um, for the clones they don't they're they're essentially their own guys i i think they all do at um I think they all start at the same point. Like they don't share, they're not all the same guy, but I think they all have uh, like a starting point from Django Fett and like that gives them a lot of their training and skill. Oh, okay. That's strange. And I think Boba Fett's specifically different where he doesn't have the aging and he doesn't have that. So it's like Django Fett actually raising. Well, yeah, I know just... it was specifically he doesn't have the aging, but I don't remember them ever saying he didn't have. Um, but yeah, I might be wrong about that, but I think that there is clones in Star Wars that go full. They have each other's memories. Um, the clones, I think they might have either from a certain point or just some of Django Fett's memories oh. but uh they don't all they're not a hive mind they don't all share like the same experiences and shit what what clones are there in Star Wars that do and the only one I can really think of would be Palpatine in Rise of Skywalker yeah but it's in, not super clear that he is a clone yeah Snoke's in, clones. um the main trilogy because there's not really too many not the main trilogy the main movie series is other than the clones themselves there's not too many just right. other clones other than boba fett um i don't know if there's any but there's a good deal of that kind of stuff in expanded universe and which Legends. is questionably uh canon as of right now well expanded universe i think as of right now is canon until they say otherwise legends it's loose canon like it if you want it to fit it can fit but officially it doesn't because mm-hmm. i know uh i think it's in legends i think it might be in a comic book or something there is the story of like an evil clone of luke yeah, that they uh, made it's um dark empire i think it might be called or that's a whole deal of that's where the Palpatine cloning first came from. And that one, definitely they do share memories. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I, I don't know. I think, I think it would have been cool to sort of tackle some of the science of cloning in mm-hmm. star Wars, uh, at least a little bit clearer and a little bit more concisely than what we've just sort of rambled on about. Yeah. It's, it's not very, that's the thing about star Wars. It's because it's so many different writers and, like authors and everything coming into this and we're as like a a comics universe 
everybody has kind of their own little details to focus on. And yeah, Star everybody's Wars, got their own little subsect of the universe that yeah. they can kind of control. In Star Wars, it's like a tree and there's a main huge branch and there's a sm- couple small little branches coming off of that that people get to mess with. And uh, because of that, a lot of the times the branches don't. Yeah, there's not, a, there's not a whole lot of standardization in how things work. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I liked a lot about Mandalorian season one is there, um, I, I appreciated the restraint to have a piece of Star Wars media not Jedi centric. Uh, oh, and I yeah, really yeah. appreciated not having Jedi or lightsabers at all uh, until, of course, that I think it's like the very last thing in the last episode of season one where uh, Moff Gideon uh, has the Darksaber or whatever. Oh, yeah, no, I, I get that. But um, the Darksaber specifically is it's like a really interesting theme because it goes from um, like it starts at one point and it's got its own history that you could basically f- like sit there and connect the dots to and everything. So whenever you see a gap of time with it, with someone new, uh, it's like a really cool thing to for them to like fill in how and like what happened to get to there. So like as a Star Wars fan, it's a really cool thing to see and everything. But um, yeah, I get if if you're kind of a more casual fan, you're like I've seen lightsabers and yeah, Jedi I, and everything. Like they're cool, but I, I'm personally I'm a little tired of them. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I probably won't ever be like, yeah, I think that's enough lightsabers for me. <laughs> Look, fair. Um, but I appreciated the the restraint and not having them. It's it's pretty easy to make. Uh, and in fact, mm-hmm. from what I've heard, it does happen later on. But um, it's pretty easy to make something Star Wars that isn't supposed to be really Jedi or lightsaber like focused become Jedi and lightsaber oh, focused. Yeah. Um, later on, it kind of dives, like, dips into it, but it's not really ever like, oh, here's a new main character with us that's a Jedi yeah. sticking around. But I, I don't know. Like, I, I think something, uh, like we were saying with more casual Star Wars fans or whatever, um, something I quite liked was the idea that this is just sort of happening in the Star Wars universe uh, outside of everything, outside of the main characters outside of the skywalkers it was just sort of happening and then having it then like i like the idea of say if it was a video game this would be something just happening completely away from you background Mm -hmm. material so to speak like jedi fallen order type deal yeah something like that i thought it was interesting to have just like a slice of star wars where you didn't have those like those pieces into it um which I think is cool. And then that's sort of exactly what I was like, oh, well, all right. Well, Grogu has the force. That's fine. I, I figured I wasn't going to escape the force in a Star Wars mm-hmm. thing. And then later on, it's like, oh, Ahsoka's here. And um, spoilers, but you've probably seen this because I haven't. Luke Skywalker shows up and all yeah. that. Um, there, I get that, but there's like for actual fans of it there's two very different things about each of those which makes it really cool for one uh like you said with uh where it's like kind of a thing um outside of like the main star wars thing uh so ahsoka's in a pretty cool position uh in the star wars universe that i really like 
where she's kind of parallel to the Star Wars events. Like she's around for most things and she's involved in important ways, but she's not involved to the point where she's like, oh, I'm on the team of rebels that took down the Death Star with Luke Skywalker and everything. So, and her being on all, kind of has a bit of a piece in most of the side things like the TV shows and coming out and stuff coming out. Uh, I thought this place was a really good place to have a piece of her story, like for her to show up because like it is kind of a thing running parallel with it. And uh, for the Luke Skywalker, I understand the whole, oh, I kind of wanted to be this own thing. And yeah, I would agree. But seeing Luke Skywalker like that was basically seeing the Legends Luke Skywalker that everybody, well, not everybody, that a majority of the Legends, most Legends fans and everything I've really like loved and cared for for a long time with like all these books and everything and um, seeing that actually come to life in something like live action and visual was such an amazing magical moment when the last thing that happened with the character of Luke Skywalker was he was kind of pushed down in the mud and had shit kicked in his eyes in the later sagas. Uh, that's a harsh way of putting it. I appreciated the idea that he wasn't like, uh, he didn't need to be a badass action hero to be important and to be, I liked that he wasn't that way. I liked that it didn't end up in just another lightsaber fight. Yeah, but his whole journey and everything is building up to a specific like deal where he's like, like he's like oh i'm gonna start the jedi a new jedi order i'm gonna train a new jedi order and then in the new one he throws it away because like his he had a vision that his like nephew might be bad once when his fucking dad was literally one of the worst guys in the universe and he's like oh i still see that there's a light in him and i'll I, I'll fight for that light and everything. And it does, it works out and everything. And then like, he's like, oh, my, my son, my nephew became a bit of an asshole. I guess I'll just throw everything I believe well, away. It wasn't, he became a bit of an asshole. He had a vision where he like destroyed everything, killed the other students and like basically became the Sith again. So well, yeah, but he's, his whole idea, his whole, like basis of who he is is things that are in the dark can be brought to the light again and that's completely the opposite of his whole deal in all those new movies yeah that's fair i mean that's not even at all what i was talking about well yeah but i'm saying it's nice to see a character i i and many others like get justice done to what their character is it's very much like in when we were talking about Superman, like how different of a character comic Superman is to like Man of Steel Superman and the Snyderverse or whatever Superman. Luke Skywalker is basically Star Wars is Superman. Sure, but I don't, my point being is I didn't need to see him do crazy action flips and slice up robots with a lightsaber. Oh yeah, no, and I, I didn't, didn't want to see that. I didn't. 
Well, yeah, I mean. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I did want to see that, and a lot of people did. But I don't even think that even needs to be, like, I don't think he needs to do that. It's the basis of who his character is that they didn't get right. Yeah, sure. Uh, That's neither here nor there i'm just saying i didn't necessarily appreciate the idea of bringing him into something where he didn't need to be yeah uh that's fair i i think most people really appreciated him doing showing up in it yeah that's fair like i've said this whole time it's not really for me yeah no it's it's definitely especially those moments like that it's definitely for the star wars fans uh, when you see like there's a bunch of reaction videos to that kind of shit of people literally like breaking down and shit sure like, and i'm happy for a magic them. moment i'm just saying um for a series that's already so focused on doing what it, the fans want to do i think it would be and i lo- that's what i liked about it originally it seemed like it was going in a direction that wasn't wholly based on what people expected and wanted from the series 
it was going to do its own thing outside of that. And then to see it then just become the same, we're doing this to make the fans happy, which isn't a bad thing. Obviously, I want fans to be happy. But the idea being that it sort of changes the nature of what this is didn't necessarily appeal to me. Yeah, no, that's fair. But I do think it's more because the most of the fan. well, I, it's, I'm not, there's a very distinct line. Well, not very distinct because I'm a muddled a bit in that line. There's a break in the Star Wars fandom with these Disney movies where like they started doing new and different things and changing stuff up. So there was like the older fans and then there was like the newer fans, which that's not a good description. That's the only thing I could really think of. Uh, And for a lot of the newer stuff that was coming out, like the movies and a bunch of the other like cartoons and a lot of the books, they were more targeted to the newer Disney fans where the this show in particular seemed to go back to the older original trilogy Legends fans and doing more stuff for them, which as one of those fans, uh, I, I really loved. Yeah, I mean, I could see that for the argument for season two, but I, I don't necessarily see that for season one. Season one definitely seemed a lot of trying to do its own thing. Like yeah. it, the thing that appealed to those fans was that it was set in that time period and had a lot of things that reminded you of that time period without just being of that same sort of style. Um, it felt like original stuff, but it, it didn't necessarily do the things that you might necessarily want out of an original thing. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I would have been totally happy either way. I really, I really like uh, its own separate theme uh, where it's not connected. And as long as it's got that same Star Wars heart and which I think um, the first season really did, I'll be totally happy. But uh, it also, if you give me, here's more of the stuff you love and here's what you want to, what you've been waiting to see happen and shit actually happening. I love that just as much. So yeah. I'm very happy with both stuff. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, yeah, I was just saying from like mm-hmm. my perspective as somebody who doesn't really care. Yeah. I, I have no strong opinions on Star Wars very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think overall, the things I can say, the, my biggest praise for the show is definitely in uh, the main, even not necessarily just the main character, like every single actor besides the aforementioned uh, Cara Dune or whatever, does an amazing job. Like uh, Pedro Pascal is amazing in it. He does just the right amount of stoic, but without being boring. Oh yeah. And his job is like a step up harder because you can't see. Yeah. You can't see his face. He doesn't have any emotion coming from his face. It's all gotta be from his voice and And actual emotion. It has to be from his voice and from like body uh, language. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like Werner Zerhog, who's not an actor, he's a director, um, does a great job in the like small scene he's in. Like his very distinct uh, speech pattern definitely helps, but he, he steals the show in that moment. Like, oh, yeah, no, he's and he's not an actor or anything, but I think they like someone. I don't know if it was him 
or somebody close to her was definitely like, oh, you're in the Star Wars scene. You would you're like made to be an imperial officer. Yeah. And I think that's just perfect. Uh, Carl Weathers does a great job um, as like a like a, a bad person who you understand is kind of just self-centered and then mm-hmm. kind of moves away from that as it goes forward. Yeah, the pretty it's one thing I would say about that is pretty it's a lot the Lando Calrissian story yeah. is told again. Which it, is it, fair. It's, it's different enough and it's still really good. Uh that's just yeah no I, I definitely get parallel. that. Um and then uh I'm sure it's been said a whole lot. Uh Giancarlo Esposito cannot get enough praise for playing like villains. Oh yeah, uh, he's very dude, good at it. That dude was born to be an actual real life super. <laughs> um, and um, I saw him first in uh, probably where he I think he got his most his first like famous for that in Breaking Bad, um, where he does a. Did you see him first in Breaking Bad? I thought you just watched Breaking Bad recently. Uh, I watched it recently all the way through. I had watched it partially before. Uh, okay, I see. Um, and then I didn't watch the end of Mandalorian until quite recently, or the end mm-hmm. of the first season, uh, which is where he really shows up. Uh, and he does a great job in both shows. And I think they're similar characters as a sort of um, straight-laced, held controlling villain, which I think yeah. is what he's sort of been typecasted at a little bit. Mm-hmm. but uh i think he does a good job and there's enough difference there that they're not like the same he's not just gus fring in space yeah no he's he's a very in each of his roles he's got a very similar flavor yes but it's it's distinct enough to where you might order one flavor or over the other yeah oh yeah speaking of uh What's his name? Giancarlo. Yeah. In the show. Um, actually, no. I thought I had something to say about <laughs> Gideon, Oh, but, uh, one thing I quite liked um, in the first season that I, I wanted them to sort of talk about and, and go through for the longest time when we finally got some of that is the Jawas. I love seeing inside their oh, rolling yeah, thing. No, I Jaw love seeing them act around rolling. and smash stuff. It rules. Yeah, no. I I, I love the fucking... Uh, that's one thing about this show, too. Yeah, he's got a little bit of the invincible protagonist deal. So, like, you, you never really feel like he's in too much danger. But the action in the show is still, like, pretty good. Like, that Jawa scene where they're on the sand crawler going, and he's just hucking Jawas yeah. off the side and I, shit. One thing I, I will say is it falls a little flat in, say, the fight choreography, mm-hmm. which I understand is not necessarily um, like Favreau's biggest strength in a lot of things, yeah. um, which isn't a problem. I mean, it's a show primarily based on blasters mm-hmm. and, and powers and whatnot. So hand-to-hand combat's not even close to the main like point. But I will say... When they do have to get physical with each other, when the hand-to-hand combat does come up, it's really clunky. Yeah, no, that's fair. There's one scene, and I might just be exaggerating in my head, so don't hold me to it. But in the second season, uh, there's a... Well, I think from memory, most of the Ahsoka stuff was like pretty cool to see. But there was a lot of the... There's one fight with her at the end that was very like 
samurai sword fight and that was yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, that's not necessarily what I'm talking about either. Yeah, uh, how yeah, I get what you're saying, but I'm saying for a samurai sword fight, it looked really cool to watch like how they the yes. choreography. No, that's fair. Um that's the only like melee one I could think of. But yeah, there's a lot of like clunky going through. Like the ones that look cool, that's melee that I could think of. Uh, mostly in season two, where there's the Luke Skywalker going down the hallway. But that's more him just kind of walking through, tearing shit up, rather than two people uh, acting and reacting to each other. You're right. Uh, so there's not too much of that. To be fair, uh around the same time i was watching the mandalorian uh, you're watching cobra kai i was watching cobra kai and this other show on hbo uh which people should check out if they haven't called warrior which is based on the writings of bruce lee uh and both of those shows obviously went a little bit more because it's not kids it's like yeah. grown adults but both of those shows have very good hand-to-hand choreography Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I got a little spoiled on that and so watching other things it's easy to be like yeah oh, no I, fighting I in this that. isn't when, great when you watch something with amazing fighting <laughs> and go and watch something with decent fighting you're like this kind of sucks ass huh this is kind of the worst <laughs> yeah. when if you watch that like the day before you probably wouldn't have even thought anything about it yeah exactly <laughs> so I, I i'm willing to just kind of yeah no that's fair give uh, it a little bit I, of a pass there but, but i will go back on that uh and say that uh, the hand-to-hand stuff can be pretty clunky in that show uh one thing i did really like about the mandalorian uh in the first season is droids i love droids in star wars they're probably like oh, my favorite yeah, part no, i fucking love droids. um and they rarely if ever besides r2d2 or bb8 or, or c3po really get much going on they, they're hardly ever characters in their own right they tend no, to be back I, I side characters a, yeah no that's fair they are side characters but i think most droids have a pretty strong personality for them. well yeah i'm not saying personality i'm saying more of like importance or, or lines or even like just things that they do that or are really, like an arc like an something. arc or something yeah. um whereas uh what was it ig88 i think is what ig11 called. i think is in this one yeah okay ig88 in the original trilogy yes okay the droid that he meets in like the first bit of the first season rules. Which I, I fucking love that guy i love how quick he's like oh, i'm about to fuck up i guess i'll kill everybody yeah um and he's voiced by taika watiti uh if i'm not mistaken i don't remember but that does seem like it fits um and that he's legitimately maybe my favorite character on the entire show yeah no, that's rules fair. i love i love the line delivery because it's I, I'm sure this happens a lot to people, but especially when you're watching something alone, it's rare to actually laugh. Like I can oh, find things yeah. funny and I'll sit there and be like, hmm, that's funny. But I won't like legitimately laugh yeah, out no, loud. That's fair. I'm not, I'm not a psycho. Like, why would I do that? <laughs> but um although no, I will say there is there is stuff. Oh, sure. There's some that. things that will make you like laugh. But uh, I find that's rare. And, yeah, and the, two that, the two that come to mind, which we watch heaps together, but when I have watched alone, have made me laugh, is uh, HBO's Barry. Yes, I love uh, Barry. 
we 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 should do a Barry episode. We, pretty we soon. need to do a Barry episode. Yeah. And uh Netflix's Auntie Donna's big old big house, house of, of fun. fun. Yeah. That shit will cr- The Auntie crack Donna me boys up. are so yeah. funny. <laughs> um yeah, those are one of the those two things and a couple others here and there are are one of the few things that like legitimately made me laugh. And mm-hmm. I forget what line it was, but I think there was something that uh, IG-11 said that made me laugh. And I, I yeah, remember being no, like, oh, wow, true. I was not expecting to laugh during this show. But no, uh, droids are one of my favorite parts of Star Wars, especially the ones with distinct personalities. Yes. Like, I love IG-11. I love... Um, uh, Alan Tudyk's character in Rogue One was yeah, great. He was like the K-2 best part of the show. K-2SO. Yeah. It, like, I fucking love that line where he's... Uh, he, like, fucking clotheslines... Um... Oh, shit. What's her name? Um, I want to uh, say Cara Dune. It's no. Cara Dune. Uh, Jen Erso. Jen Erso. He fucking clotheslines the shit out of her. And he's like, oh, you're being free. Don't resist. <laughs> um. I do like um, that. I like getting like comedians or uh, uh, to be the voice of your of your droid, like Alan Tudyk or Taika mm-hmm. Waititi. I think um, that's fun. I'll always love R two D two and C three. Yeah, they're great. They'll, they'll always have a special they're, place in my heart. Especially uh, C three though, he he's really <laughs> underutilized in yeah. in all of Star Wars. <laughs> Um, and the battle droids during the oh, Clone Wars era. I love those, those guys. guys but who Roger, the fuck Roger. programmed those droids with the incompetence they had? With incompetence and fear. Fear. It's- those guys honestly feel fear. They'd be like, oh, they fear, feel more fear than the clones do. Yes, I was just going to say, uh, I like that it's a relatively obvious juxtaposition of very human-like droids and very robotic like humans mm-hmm. um like i get it that's an obvious sort of parallel that you can have and contrast them i just think the idea of making the the clones very competent and serious and then making the droids very incompetent and goofy it's a very good choice i think yeah, that no, that is what a uh, a lucas thought back when he still had good ones um <laughs> And I'll uh, give him credit for that because that rules. I love yeah, that. Yeah, no. And, and I love that in fucking uh, with the clones, each one of them really care about their uniqueness and identity. Yeah. Like because they're clones and everything. But the fucking, you could not tell any of the battle droids apart. You can be like, oh, that's George. There's George. <laughs> But there's people that can name any clone on screen just by the little details in their arm. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there is some, like, standout of those battle droids. There's one, I forgot what his name was. Um, I think it was, like, Bones or something in Legends, where it was a reprogrammed uh, battle droid like that. It was just a fucking psycho. like he he was like a legitimate like sadist he liked causing pain because he felt like that's the closest he could get to feeling it and everything (laughs) and it's just this fucking battle droid and you look at the battle droids and you're like oh here's these fucking goofy sons of bitches and there's just this fucking literally intimidating one will fucking cut your skin off and feed it to a dog (laughs) it was dogs in star wars I say there are. Yeah, I don't know if there are dogs in Star Wars. I don't. Um, 
I can't think of any off the top of my head. There's this weird fox, crystal fox thing. Yeah, on the planet with the guy cool design. who licks the floor and is like, ah, salt. Oh, yeah, so you knew it wasn't snow? Yeah, so you knew you weren't on Hoth? Yeah, he's like, mm, this is salt. We're not on Hoth. Yeah, the red dust could have told me that. No, but I'm just making sure we're all on the same page. <laughs> we flew here, dude. We know it's not Hoth. Which I will say. I'm not that big of a fan of that movie, but that scene uh, uh, on that planet, really pretty scene. Oh, yeah. I think Ryan Johnson does a great job as a director. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there are some writing issues, like that whole uh, act with the space casino. Oh, yeah. The whole B-plot with Rose and um, Finn was just a meaningless nothing yeah killer. which sucks so that, i liked rose i thought she had a lot to offer as a character yeah she i i liked fucking finn i was oh finn finn was my favorite character in the fourth Finn Awakens. was like mo- my most anticipated character throughout that whole deal and <laughs> i kind of feel like they fucking pulled they, yeah because he's never important which yeah sucks. you see him in all of force awakens all the marketing and everything it's fucking holding lightsabers and shit and you're like okay this fucking this fucking uh stormtrooper is gonna come around and be a cool guy uh, i've said this outside of like podcasts or anything we've talked about this before um but just to have it on air i've said repeatedly that when i first saw the force awakened i liked the idea of a no longer was it a chosen one it was just a stormtrooper and oh it could yeah, show but it that, was a chosen. Yeah, it would yeah. show that anybody could be important. You didn't have to be the chosen one, and you show that by just a regular stormtrooper just deciding mm-hmm. he needs to do what's no, right. Yeah, I was which really I think would have been really interesting. Sort of and then it just is a chosen one again, which isn't a problem. Star Wars is like all chosen ones. Yeah, but personally, like before, I'm tired of it. Yeah, no, um, uh, that's totally fair. Uh, one thing. Uh, with that movie i do i will say i do like force awakens and i enjoyed rise of skywalker by that time my expectations were like okay i'm i'm gonna try to have fun with this movie and a lot of people came out like was like oh that movie was so shit that completely ruined star wars i was like fuck yeah that movie was fun fucking palpatine and the whole third act was just having a time and i was enjoying it Babu Frick is maybe one of the say, best Star Wars characters um, ever. We talked right after I saw the movie because you saw it before me. And I remember telling you, like, man, that movie was kind of dog shit. But it had a few moments where I was like, this is pretty fun. I yeah, like no. Babu Frick. I love Babu Frick. He is maybe the best character in all of Star Wars. Yeah, canon. no, he just kind of is. Uh, I love that he talks like somebody's Italian nonna. Uh, I yeah! love- yeah. Uh, uh, i love that he's a tiny little man who shows up and does like <laughs> nothing like he, he fucks with c3po but that's about it and then he shows up later to save the day um i love babu frick i love his name i love that he's got the one of the dumbest star wars names <laughs> yeah babu no, frick love, that's one thing i fucking love about star wars it's just the fucking names they're just there'll be normal ass names like luke or fucking um uh what's uh the, there's i usually have a ben, couple ben, go- ben uh there's like some normal ass names and then this bullshit like babu frick 
Grand Marv Tarkin. <laughs> I think it's Moff, not Marv. Yeah, it's Grand Moff Tarkin. No, Grand um, Moff Gideon or whatever. But that shit is it just slamming syllables together. It's so good. Yeah. So we play um, as a Star Wars tabletop yes. RPG. So one of my favorite pastimes is whenever I'll whenever I hear fucking uh, a Star Wars like just a sour sounding saw sound i'll just go and type it down into my list of names to make characters for i think it's a common like screenshot that shows up on places like like twitter or instagram it's uh oh everybody like loves star wars they're so excited whenever they're like oh it's glove shit i was on screen. <laughs> glove shit i was such a fucking good one uh here's here's a couple of my favorite ones um here's what you love fucking uh anus flambe i think we got that from something but that one's fucking good uh here's my favorite one Dave Star Wars. I love Dave. <laughs> you take Star normal Wars. name and add fucking like sci-fi like Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. And it's Dave Star Wars. We got fucking. Here's another really good one. Babu fuck. Babu. Look, Fitz. obviously. <laughs> Babu. That, where you get where that one cousin. came from? <laughs> uh, we got Grandma Grandma Tarkin. Uh, that's that's a simple one. Um. I got uh, Zap and Zodi, who I imagine is one of those uh, two-headed guys. Oh, from, from Phantom uh, Menace. Phantom yeah. Menace, the pod racer announcer. Uh, we there's one that's just oh fuck, <laughs> and then now uh, we got uh, Glub Shido on there. <laughs> yeah, um, Andrew runs a tabletop rpg version it's set in like a star wars universe kind in of this my little version of the star wars yeah universe. like we said I'm, before he's one of the little branches too i i'm very willing to if the players kill darth vader darth vader's just dead <laughs> um yeah uh we could probably talk a little bit about that uh yeah no i'm down to talk about that i fucking love that one of my favorite parts of it is do you have uh, i think he made it just as a joke but there's a recurring Jedi character that we interact <laughs> Edge with. Edge Roby? Yeah, Edge Roby, who's this, like, mythanthropic, like, absolutely <laughs> insane man. He's old. He's, he's literally insane. He's, yeah, so he's a literally insane Jedi. His uh, backstory was he was roommates with Obi-Wan Kenobi when they were at the Jedi Academy, and he fucking hates the shit out of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi has no, has no memory of this guy at all. He wears just a robe, so if his fucking belt glue comes off, uh, he that would just be it he's incredibly competent but like is also insane uh, and he's got two companions dave one who is uh a wampa and dave two who's just a dog they're and both stark white they're both stark white but yes that's why i said i believe dogs are in star wars <laughs> was because i put them in this game yeah um there's uh your character yeah my jason my, argo the character i play uh by the name of jason argo uh he was born to an imperial general but our our ship crashed on what is it uh raxis, raxis prime. prime yes 
the junk it's a planet big junk planet and he kind of just grew up there so i yeah i i lived alone on this junk planet for a very long time he he built a droid companion steve who's an yes. astromech he's an R2 astromech unit. an r2 unit with a hidden in air quotes gun in his center that he's, he can fire so, yeah you know that little door r2d2 has on his front that kind of flips open well steve his name's Steve. Yeah. He's got a, uh, I don't know, I don't remember if I mentioned that. He's got a big door that kind of just swings open like Bender from Futurama. <laughs> and there's just a blaster mounted there and he could only shoot it at whoever he's like directly in straight front on. of. Yes. And it's been used to like an outrageous <laughs> degree. I'm like, how the fuck is this the thing that gets out of chance? Um, uh, my character has a robot arm that oh, uh, yeah. cycles it's, through. Originally, it was a. It's been a couple different robot arms. Um, I think it started off as a battle droid. Yes, as a very skinny battle droid arm. Um, right now, I think it's like a pretty armored up. Um, Closer to like a Winter Soldier yeah, kind of deal. Yeah, uh, it's like very plated and everything. I I have a droid that that's based off of, but. I don't remember off the top of my head. There's the NPC companion I made for Adam, which accidentally I named. <laughs> so there's a <laughs> so there's this uh, Legends character that's very big in the Legends community, and it's someone who I liked and everything. And while making this game, I was like, "Oh, what's a Star Wars sounding name that I could just come up with?" And I'm like, "Oh, Dash Rendar," and then so it just <laughs> fucking and we played for a good while before I realized. Because I'm not a huge Star Wars yeah. fan. I didn't catch on. Before I realized, oh, Dash Rendar is a Star Wars character. <laughs> so I had to go back and retcon. And it, yes, it sounds a little fan fiction-y. But I figured the easiest way would be to make him Dash Rendar Jr. And so that's come up a couple times where it, uh, Adam's character's dad is this general in the in Empire. And his NPC companion's dad is this really shitty basically diet han solo <laughs> um, and i think that's a pretty good little yin and yang they got going on uh, um there's one of my favorite uh player characters that popped up uh it was our friend juan he was um an uh, Ewok Ewok mandalorian. mandalorian bounty hunter who at some point got smeared on a sidewalk yeah. after falling out of a ship. I threw him and, out of a ship during an, a fight. Someone, someone came and peeled him off the ground and gave him little robot bits. And then he showed up like once again. And then the, and I killed the him player, again, yeah. he died and the player never played again. Um, yeah, a, a lot of our friends have had sort of guest appearances on that game. Uh, yeah, that's very... Uh, like Adam is the most easiest play. player yeah. so he's basically the protagonist of it but we've had a rotating cast of like uh guest characters and most all, almost all of them are pretty good yeah uh i think a friend of the show marco his character was a a wookie oh uh, yeah so his character was a wookie and um he was near uh uh crate of kyber crystals as it exploded it's this massive explosion and everything and it fucking cooked him raw he was hairless and burnt to a crisp 
and and he was getting chased by this jedi who had a vendetta and the jedi no he didn't it wasn't a crate of kyber crystals it was um the jedi had his two lightsabers that exploded and that's what happened and so the jedi kind of chased him down for a good while with just these two shards of metal that he used as like basically swords and it it was one of the most brutal fights i've ever fought but that (laughs) character in particular uh had a really good moment where they were in uh a star destroyer and he's like wait so the cockpit of the star destroyer is just kind of open and they were sneaking around i'm like yeah they don't really know you're there it's got like it's got like an open door uh, you could roll for stealth and everything just to make sure, but uh, you you could give it a go. And he's like, yeah, okay, so I saw oxygen tanks in a couple rooms. <laughs> I'm going to go grab those. And he go, went, grabbed those, dragged them into the um, uh, cockpit or bridge or whatever of the Star Destroyer, whatever you call it, and just shot it and blew up a Star Destroyer that caught the cockpit of one that caused a chain reaction of four or five star destroyers crashing into each other this will be a a weird pull that is a little specific but it's like in the episode of avatar sozin's comet where they have the blimp (laughs) cut through the other yeah no it was very much like that it was pretty good it was one of my favorite moments throughout the game but i i love that game um i I would love to play it more but uh yeah it's a it's a fucking i love star wars oh, little dave star i think wars. one of my proudest moments was we were being hunted by another bounty hunter who to be a little on theme was like a cowboy oh yeah he was we you just knew him as space cowboy yeah that's what i called him um <laughs> and uh we were on this planet and he was after us it was we, on um oh, what's it called uh camino yeah the rainy planet <laughs> We were on Camino, and he was after us, but we'd slip by him, and we were about to just escape. Uh, but I saw his ship there too. It's, I have like uh, at the time I had like a relatively powerful robot arm, and so I went and destroyed his. Uh, he just punched the shit out of his fucking the glass in his cockpit it, window. Gla- it's uh, uh, I forgot what it's called. I think it's called transparent steel in Star Wars. Yeah, so I ruined and it's it. It's supposed to be really tough to break. But he did really well at breaking it, where he just basically shoved his arm through, like grabbed the other side and ripped the whole fucking windshield <laughs> off. And they just left, and he was stuck on that planet yeah. for a good while, letting Until them he got fucking it replaced. Escape. Yeah. One of my favorite, and this will probably be the last thing I say about this game, because I don't know how many people really <laughs> enjoy yeah. us talking is um so all the thing like the different factions have different bonus stats and everything uh to different stuff and uh one of my favorite things is that the each stormtrooper they have a minus three to uh, range attacks and a minus five to insight so it's very easy to lie to a stormtrooper. And one of my favorite things that keeps happening in the games is the players will kill stormtroopers, put on their armor, walk into wherever the stormtroopers, but yeah, I'm a stormtrooper too. And the stormtroopers just nine out of 10 times will be like, yeah, okay, go right ahead. Yeah, it's a favorite tactic of mine. Yeah, no, it's really good. I enjoy it almost every time. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, but, this... um, yeah, I think that, that we were all talking about The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian's a good show. If you haven't seen it and you're listening to this, why? Yeah, I don't get that. But I, hey, I don't you understand. do you. Uh, if uh, for some reason our rambling has made you think maybe you want to watch it, do it. It's pretty good. On the other hand, if our rambling has consider, made you considered playing a Star Wars tabletop RPG, let us know. I'd love to hear about that. <laughs> yeah, no, that is cool. And oh, if you have any dumb shit, random syllable Star oh, Wars please send them to us. Please, please send them in. I will make them characters they will whenever be, we play They will become game. NPCs and I would love to meet them. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but I and think if you have, Yeah, that'll do us for today. But if you have any of those, Feel free to send them to our email at theatomicemail at gmail.com. Uh, well, that's the b- easiest way to get a response from us. But we're also on Twitter at the Atomic Android. Androids and Instagram at Atomic Android 2020. Uh, goodbye. Oh, wait, no. Uh, happy Star Wars Day. That's why we were doing that's, this. We did this for Star Wars yeah, Day. May I, the I forgot to mention. You. May, may the fourth be with you. Uh, and then after that, uh, Revenge of the Fifth. Ooh. Sure. I, I always thought that one was good. The six are here. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> All right, bye. We'll catch you around. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.